Greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ here at First Lutheran Church and all who are watching on the telecast and online. Grace and peace now be with you this day in the name of our God, who is our Father, and His Son, who is our Lord, Jesus the Christ. As the Lord said to the boy Samuel, now this word comes to you, that the Lord is about to do something that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. Now for the house of Eli, this was a word of judgment, that his sons were blaspheming God. They were abusing the people in their position. And so there is also judgment for us, for the whole world, that none have trusted God above anything else. But as Samuel was compelled to tell Eli, so are we compelled to share this word with all who have ears. But I want you to know that there is another word for you today as well. It is the word that Philip and Nathanael heard, that Christ, who is the Messiah, who is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, he has come now to forgive you your sins. What the house of Eli did not hear, you now have, that your sins are forgiven. Amen. Now, it's a scary thing indeed when we catch a glimpse of how God used this boy, Samuel, that he would be a mouthpiece for God. It sounds glorious on the surface, and truly, I suspect it is. But the first sermon that Samuel was to share with his father figure, his boss, Eli, was that Eli's own family would be judged for their sins. His own sons would be judged. His whole family would be judged. And who wants to bring this message? Not Samuel. He didn't want to tell Eli. But Eli said, now you must tell me what God has told you. And Samuel told him the fate of his family. And Eli replied in faith. He said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Now this is faith. Paul, too, as we heard in 1 Corinthians, brought a message of God's law and judgment to the Corinthians. Now these Corinthians had mistakenly thought that the freedom of their sin through Jesus Christ was the freedom to do whatever they wanted in the flesh. This was a fake freedom, by the way. And Paul knew that this license was pure bondage and slavery. He was addressing their sin in that community. And it was a sin that was all over the promiscuous culture of Corinth, full of idols, full of prostitutes, full of all sorts of uh, ways to follow the flesh. And in our day, too, I suppose, we may not be that different than Corinth. But to this, Paul says, your bodies are not your own. And can you imagine this? Can you imagine someone saying this today? Your bodies are not your own. But it is true. Our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours, Luther teaches us when we learn the first article of the creed in the catechism. All of this was created and given by God the Father in divine fatherly mercy. And then Paul says this. He says, you were bought with a price so that the Holy Spirit could fill you with forgiveness and holiness. And this is what he has done. Yes, Christ has not come to put us back into bondage to sin, but to free us from our sin. And this is his promise for you. In your baptism, 
This finally is something new in a world that only recycles sin. Here is something new for you, and it is yours by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this brings us to our gospel reading with Philip and Nathaniel from the Gospel of John. John tells us that Jesus decides to go to Galilee, and Jesus finds Philip and says, follow me. That's all it took. Faith. Philip is excited about this. And Philip then goes and finds his friend Nathanael and says, we have found him about whom Moses, the law, and the prophets wrote. Jesus is the Messiah. First of all, we note that that Philip believes he has found Jesus when John tells us clearly it was the other way around. Well, isn't this how it works in our life too? Uh, Especially in our life of faith, we begin to think, I have done this. I have decided for this. You might even think, I have gotten out of bed and come to church on the coldest day of the year, which you probably have. But even this is the work of the Holy Spirit. And John tells us this. Philip says, we found him, but Jesus says, no, I have found you. However, Nathaniel is not having any of it. He says, "Eh, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, I was born in Moorhead, Minnesota, uh, just a stone's throw away from Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, And I've traveled throughout the United States and the world, and I know that the Dakotas, whether north or south, uh, don't always get the best rap. It could be weather like this that has something to do with it. Uh, But people say, can anything good come out of the Dakotas? Well, South Dakota has answered this last week with the Jackrabbits win. Yes, something good has come. Uh, Something good has come out of the Dakotas. But people wonder, uh, can anything good come out of the Dakotas? And maybe South Dakota has has a a better uh, reputation than North Dakota. I'm not sure about that. But people do wonder this. In the same way Nathaniel wondered, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And at this moment, Jesus appeared. Jesus appeared to Nathanael, and he said, Ah, here is one in whom there is no deceit. But Nathanael is still not having it. Nathanael still keeps Jesus at arm's distance and and says, What do you know about me? How do you know who I am? You don't know who I am. And then Jesus tells him, I saw you under the fig tree. You might wonder what... Nathaniel was doing under the fig tree. Often the fig tree is, is a, a symbol, a place where, where the Israelites would pray and read Scripture. Jesus is saying, I know who you are. I not only saw you, but I know your heart. And all of a sudden Nathaniel says, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. There is something here. Now seeing... We say in our culture, seeing is believing. Philip says to Nathaniel, come and see. But it is Jesus' words that create faith. It is his hearing in which faith comes. I was reminded that seeing actually can be deceiving in this day. I was, uh, when we had all of our snow last week, I was blowing our driveway for the first time since we moved to Sioux Falls using this, uh, our uh, snowblower. And we have a sidewalk on the, the back side of our uh, yard as well. And I had to get back there to blow the snow off that sidewalk and created a path down the side of the backyard and decided I'd create another path through the backyard. And I was happily going along, uh, just like a beautiful Aaron's uh, snowblower commercial. 
blowing the snow into the backyard, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw what looked like a black snake just uh, go through the snow. And I looked over, and there was nothing there. It was just snow. And I thought, what did I just see? What, have I been watching too much Star Wars? Is this some sort of a strange, fictitious piece? And then, and then I remembered uh, that my kids had very helpfully, before it had snowed, uh, taken the extension cord that had been iced down under the pine tree and set it right in a very convenient place in the yard. And so I stopped the snowblower and went around and looked in the front, and lo and behold, there was this green extension cord wound up in the snowblower. I thought I had seen a snake. No, it was just an extension cord. Seeing is not believing. It can be deceiving. But hearing now when you have Christ, this is where faith is made. Jesus said, I saw you, Nathaniel. And he did. He knew him inside and out, who Nathaniel really was. Not who he was trying to be, not who Nathaniel was showing the world, but Jesus knew him as a child of God. And in the same way now, Jesus sees you and he forgives you. He knows you in all of your sin. And he takes that sin away. In our psalm today, Psalm 139, we, we read and heard these beautiful words that the Lord knows you're sitting down and you're rising up. The Lord knows your thoughts from afar. There's not a word on your lips that our Lord does not know already. And then the psalmist says these beautiful words. The psalmist writes, You, Lord, created my inmost parts. You knit me together. In my mother's womb, your eyes beheld my limbs, yet unfinished in the womb. This beautiful picture that God knows us even before we're born, in our mother's wombs. I can recall uh, through the course of the birth of our three youngest children how ultrasound technology improved even in those few years, comparing the little black and white pictures uh, that we got when Rafe was born to Josiah and to Solve. And by Solve, I can look back at them now and I can see her face in this ultrasound and recognize her. Yes, this is Solve. That's what she looks like. It's incredible. Well, even more now, does God see you, not only in the womb as you were being formed, but today? In all of your sin and in all of your thoughts, God knows you and brings forgiveness and healing. So when he told Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree, Nathaniel realized, ah, here is the one who knows me. And not only that, forgives me. Now this Christ is yours. For you too, like Philip and Nathaniel, you have heaven opened up for you, as Jesus promised. And the angels of God are ascending and descending for this very sake. This last week, uh, Aaron and I got a text from uh, our uh, sophomore in college, Lucas, and he said, well, the boys and I were having some Jesus talk, which is what a parent loves to hear, uh, he and his roommates talking about theology. Uh, and he said, now tell me about angels. Are, are they real? Are, do we have guardian angels? He had all sorts of questions about angels. And here in this text, we have Jesus saying, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending. Well, truly, angels are those with God's word on their lips, messengers 
for God's word, who is Christ. And they are active to make sure that you hear this word and are held in this promise. This is what we shared with Lucas, and now it's what I share with you just a few weeks after hearing about how the angels told the shepherds about Jesus' birth. Now, the word goes out to you as well by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you are, whatever the temperature, whether that's here today or whether you're watching from the warmth of your couch, Christ comes now in this word so that you may be freed from the bondage of your sin. Your body and your life are not your own. This is true. Paul is right. But you have been bought through Christ. And as we sang in our entrance hymn today, Christ goes with us all the way. All the way. Today, tomorrow, and every day. In fact, he's already gone before you to death and resurrection. Like he saw Nathaniel, now he sees you. He knows you. And he forgives you. Amen.